Hello, 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 and welcome to the long-awaited episode three of The Misbehaviorists with me, Ben O'Loughlin, and my esteemed colleague and co-host, and the man with more degrees than a thermometer, Dr. John Highland. <laughs> Hi, everybody, and thanks again for uh, a wonderful introduction, Ben. <laughs> How are you? How's the form? <laughs> more degrees than a thermometer. <laughs> yeah, it's going well. I mean, I'm no Bruce Banner. I think Bruce Banner had like seven PACs. I just had the one, but that, that, that's enough. Uh, <laughs> he, was the Hulk, he, was the, he was the Hulk, was he? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. incredible Hulk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, he had like seven PHCs or something crazy like that. Really? Would you ever consider doing more? Or are you like... Well, it's funny. Like, I mean, I, I just, some some colleagues of mine would have would have like a, a D-Clin and a PhD. So the D-Clin would be a doctorate in clinical psychology. Sure. Whereas yeah, yeah, the yeah. PhD would be like your, uh, your um, kind of academic route kind of um, uh, doctor philosophy. Yeah. But um, so I am, you know, and it's fun, like a kind of can't remember that film with Chevy Chase in it, you know, where they're like, doctor, 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 doctor. <laughs> um, but they um, but, you know, they're 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 technically, I suppose it's kind of funny to refer to them as doctor, 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 doctor. But yeah. I am I, I am aware. I think there is there is one person maybe I know that has two PhDs. Um, so they did a PhD in kind of com- com- computational uh modeling or something like that and then a, a phd that kind of had an emphasis on philosophy um yeah. but it's few and far between um well in my circle of, of colleagues sure anyway. yeah like i remember when i finished my master's i was like there's no way and i was like i'm not going near a university i was like ever again i was like no yeah. that's enough for <laughs> yeah me. yeah but now, uh, now after i've been away for a while like i wouldn't rule it out like my, my supervisor yeah. in in Tilburg at the time, he asked me, "Would I consider it?" And oh, I, that's cool. Yeah. And I was like, uh, "No." I didn't even entertain the idea. But yeah. it's not. It was nice. It was nice to be considered. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, One thing. Go on. Yeah. yeah. No, that that is that is an honor. Like for a supervisor to turn around and say, "You mm. know, would you be interested in doing this?" They obviously seen something in you that was that would they would feel you'd be a, a you know a. a someone who could lead lead the the direct the direction of whatever it was you were working on you know towards a phd so sure. it, is, it is a you know a great endorsement mm. of, of your ability and you never know like you never know i might look at it again and do it in the future but for, for the moment i'm yeah um i will i will be honest i mean it's important to have a strong in my opinion anyway from my own experience it's important to have a, a strong kind of support network around you because mm. with with a phd you might be the only person investigating what you are um looking at and you don't have many people to kind of maybe talk to about your specific ideas or so to have a a, a friend network firstly to just be able to talk about everything that's not the phd mm-hmm. and also to have a strong academic network whereby you can actually share ideas um, it's important to have that outlet as well, though. You don't want to kind of try, you know, be thinking about your PhD twenty four seven. Well, some people do, and and that's sure, perfectly sure. fine for them. But to have that outlet where you can just check in with a friend and just talk about music or talk about anything other than the PhD is is great as well. Because you need to let your ideas kind of, what would you say, 
just kind of go around in your head because it's like sometimes and this i suppose this not necessarily just with a phd but sometimes you, you're so if you're working on a project you're so deep inside it so in, close to you're it, yeah. so close to it that you can't see the bigger picture and sometimes mm. it takes somebody else or it takes stepping back or definitely not doing it for a week and then you go oh yeah. maybe hang on you might, and you might yeah. find some new insight or a new angle that you were stuck on because you were so stuck on this one little small piece yeah that's only a tiny yeah. piece of the puzzle like some of the some of the um the limitations maybe in my own experiments or whatever came around because someone i was talking to someone who wasn't that close to it and it was from from their kind of maybe from their um external their kind of non-psychological viewpoint or whatever they actually seen things that i was just too close to be able to to notice you know yeah absolutely and i i find that when i'm talking about psychology with people who don't don't have an not not that they don't have an understanding of it but they they didn't study it yeah and and they'll just ream off something oh well i think this and you go Oh, wow, I'd never thought of that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, yeah. You're, you're so stuck in the theory and of yeah. what you've learned or what you've been told to be yeah. scientific fact or whatever. That... That's it. And, and and I think that's why as as a lecturer, you know something, it, it, when you empower students to be able to uh, kind of bring their own experiences to the class, it really enriches the the conversation, the discussion you're having, and they bring mm. ideas to you that you never that you never thought of, or you never thought about it within that particular context. Or they're kind of giving you, as I said in previous episodes, they're giving you maybe their their understanding of it without the psychological terminology or the theory behind it. But they're they're kind of challenging you to think about your understanding of the theory within their domain within their context and again it's it's when when people bring their um their knowledge like that whether it's underpinned with uh, uh their, their knowledge of theory or whatever it still enriches the class and it enriches your knowledge as well absolutely and i'd say i suppose it's the, the different lived excuse me the different lived experience mm. of different people the, the, that's they, exactly it they will have undertaken different tasks and stuff throughout their life and gone through different heartaches and different troubles and maybe some people have built up more resilience because they've had a tougher life and they'll have a totally different view on this particular theory or than somebody who maybe hasn't experienced such hardship or or stuff like that Exactly. So you have people coming from pharmacological backgrounds who might be talking about classical conditioning and addiction. Mm. You might have someone else coming from working as a special needs assistant and looking at the um, the various kind of educational programs for for children with them mm. um, with um, you know with, with with kind of limitations in terms of their verbal repertoire. And you're you're getting it from so many different kind of applications in the context of addiction, from the context of education, from the workplace as well. Um, Absolutely, because I remember yeah. in 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 <clears throat> my degree, where where you were my uh, supervisor, uh, we had an all, all sorts of different types of people in our class. Yeah. Like yeah. we had from, um, as you said, like kind of special needs 
assistants yeah. who, who are more in, in, in kind of looking after people with autism and stuff like that to prison wardens to guards to people that are very very high up in business to people in the army all yeah. s- all sorts of different types of yeah. people like and it was i remember it was so strange because <laughs> i remember my first god i remember my first day I remember my first day uh and i was so whatever there's 90 people in our class or something and we're told what we're going to do for the next four years and i remember the fear i had i was just sitting there knew nobody i actually knew one girl actually it was a coincidence you know uh, and i just remember thinking oh my god what have i done <laughs> what have i got myself into how yeah. how i w- how do i get out of this as quickly as possible like i, I was <laughs> i was honestly i was nearly running for the door and it's only then like t- two years in that you start to find that you you really get to know everybody and find out about different yeah. different people's backgrounds and how different everybody was but we were all together doing the same thing it was re- really interesting super experience yeah. I'd, I'd highly recommend it like i think it's um it's good to be talking about this now i suppose because some of yeah sure. some students are going to be going into first year in a couple of weeks from now or yeah. i don't i don't know if it's if if any maybe some students have gone back at this stage was probably mm. a little just a, a little bit further away but it you know i mean that trepidation that's I mean, you're going into the unknown, especially for people like mature students that might have been out of the educational system for mm. for 15, 20 years or longer that, that we that we um, we 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 would both know or that we would both have, have taught or, or kind of had as classmates. And that 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 kind of idea of anxiety, it, it's something that is it's a natural reaction to something yeah. that you haven't really, uh, you, you, you know, that response is natural because you're in a context that you've been so far removed from yeah, for so yeah. long or even if you're a first year student coming in from secondary school it's a it's a it's a new context it's a it's it's a new campus it's a new building it's a new experience now i know with 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 covid it's going to be different you know it's going to be different for some in the sense that sure. there'll be a lot more kind of online uh, focus but it's still the same idea that you're doing new subjects that you haven't done before that you're engaging in new conversations and new ways of independent thinking that you may not have have um, engaged in before. So even if you're not on a physical campus, doesn't mean that you aren't kind of feeling those anxieties about what am I doing here, like imposter syndrome or whatever it is. Yeah, but you can feed off it. Like yeah. I had that anxiety all tr- like I'd say for the first six months of first year. Yeah. Um. Okay, so to give a bit uh, more background, uh, I, I did the part-time degree, so it was two nights a week. I think it was two two nights a week of three hours for four years, or th- four four years, something like that. Yeah. And the first the first bit was awful. Well, it, was, it wasn't it wasn't awful, but I mean it was anxious and it was tough. You're only yeah. getting to know people and you're learning new content and you have no idea what to do or yeah, but it's 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 until you start getting feedback and start doing your first assignments, and the first assignments you're like, oh my god, I've I've done all. Yeah, and then you, if you start doing okay, and you start getting your results, and then you start thinking, oh well, maybe I actually can do this. 
Yeah. And then the yeah. more feedback you get, you're like, okay, maybe I can do this really well, actually. Because yeah. the more work you put in, obviously, the harder you work, the more you read, yeah. the more... And as well, it's it's not... It's follow the instructions. Do what your lecturer tells you to do. Or like mm. the same for the leaving cert. Like do what your teacher tells you to do. Like if you if you read all the right stuff and answer all the questions. Like Yeah. I mean the the readings that are that are made available to students, you know, based on topics, they're not there just for the fun of it. Like they are there because those readings are kind of your opportunity to expand what you covered in class. So it's just going to mm. give you a more rounded understanding of what you covered. Um, but that being said, like, I mean, I think it's important to encourage students as well in third year to, to start to kind of embrace um, embrace the whole experience, not just kind of focus on readings, but also talk to other people, share ideas with other people mm. um, and let your ideas be um, questioned and then you know, some of the scaffolding that you had built up might fall down and then you rebuild it again. And mm. you start to you start to be a lot more confident in your viewpoints, I think. And that translates quite well then to assessments and, and exams or whatever when you're when you're more confident. I'm not saying you'll ever know the answers because the idea of science, you know, it's yeah, it's like it's, kind a, of it's, okay, it's, okay, it's okay to be wrong. Oh definitely. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's not I'm not saying it's good to be wrong. Well it is good to be wrong because you can learn it, from it. You can't of just course. Think I mean, you like, need yeah. You like, need that opportunity to be able to learn. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I have huge respect, obviously, for for anyone that goes to university, but for, especially for, as you said earlier, for people who haven't been in the education system for a while. Yeah. Because you see it. Like I worked a lot in bars, um, in the past, in the not in the recent past as well. And you can see it from chatting to people like sometimes, oh, what, like th this could be customers, you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not saying they're all alcoholics or whatever, but they just be in, oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm doing this. Oh, I'm sitting, but they like say, oh, I'm sick of my job. I hate this, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, would you not do something new? Do you not think you could do something new? And then they go, oh, no, no, I, I can't. I, I can't teach an old dog new tricks. Yeah, not would at you, my age. Oh, not at my age. And like, it's, oh, it really, it really bothers me. It really gets at me, like, and I'm okay. like, no, no, you can't. Like, you just need to. Oh no, I'd be, I wouldn't know how to do it. I'd be useless at it. And I, and I, but, I feel like getting a bit angry at them. But going, of course, you're going to be useless at it. You've no idea how to do it. You're going to be useless at it on day one, but day two, you're going to be a little bit less useless at it. And then day three, and then by day a hundred, you're actually okay. And then by day 200, like you're getting pretty yeah. good at it. It's just about, yeah. like, it's, it gets a mindset shift that you need, like that. Yeah, you can improve. Like, you can't, like, yeah. and it really bothers me. I don't know why it bothers me so much, but it really, like, it really gets yeah, like, to me, like. You, if you look, unless you're someone like Mozart, you're not going to sit down at the piano and just start playing concertos, you know, yeah. straight away. It's You're going to be banging keys and causing earaches for people maybe in day one. But again, day two, you become slightly more proficient, slightly more proficient. And sometimes you might feel like you're taking a step back. But again, it's all, you know, it is progress. Yeah, I and I, yeah, I just go, sorry, just going back to the other thing, you know yourself, some of the, and I, I can testify to this, that some of the best students I've ever had, ever had, were out of education for 15, 20 years mm. and so on. Yeah, yeah. So incredible students.
and, and it doesn't just go for education but it, it goes for, for for anything you're doing new like if you're if you don't want to go to the gym or you don't want to start running or or what or something health doesn't have to be health but whatever it is like you're not yeah. gonna, you're not going to be good at it the first time you do it you, th- you need to yeah. know that but yeah. that shouldn't be a reason to stop you trying to do it and yeah. that and That's it's 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 the fear of it's the fear of failing and it's the fear of being bad at it and the yeah. fear of getting laughed at that yeah. stops people from doing stuff and, and but, it's a very but, powerful thing oh yeah but but that can stop that can ruin someone's it's not ruin their life but it can stifle their potential yeah. like they could be really really good at one thing that they've done their entire life but they don't yeah. they but it's oh i'm good at this really good i'm really good at whatever it is i'm really good at one specific thing i can't think of an example now but but the reason you're good at it is because you've been doing it so long yeah exactly it's not that you're yeah. good at that thing it's not that you're designed yeah. for, to do that specific task but it's because yeah. you've been doing it every day or whatever five times a week for so long that's it like what i say to students is that the the, the, the difference between myself and yourselves is that i've been doing this for a good while longer mm. you know the you know, there, there's no reason to think that, you know, just because I'm standing up here chatting and, and you're and you're sitting down that I'm in so, somehow inherently more suited to this. I mean, that's, mm. you know, I'm just further along the line of kind of doing these things than you are, you know. Yeah. But coming back to that idea, like escape and avoidance, they're they're very like they're they're very useful strategies available to people to avoid things that they're that you are know, to to get out of situations that they're uncomfortable in and those you know we see we see those strategies throughout our lives and sometimes they relate to kind of those you know those inherent things like avoiding pain Uh but it's not just about avoiding physical pain it's also about you know avoiding anticipated um Mm. and anticipated consequences that make us feel uncomfortable what if we don't understand this what if we what what if our lecturer tells us that we're stupid or not that lectures would yeah, say it's that all what if what if yeah what if. yeah it, but it's it's like the thing where <sighs> looking at the doctor with the needle coming at you yeah. is yeah. it's far worse than than the needle itself yeah because yeah. your mind jordan peterson explained this really well once he says it's like all you need to do is think about the anticipation of pain is uh, is clo- or turn off all the lights or, or close the door, turn off all the lights in the next room and stick your hand around the corner into a room that you don't know what's in there and then see all the, all the, cr- all the crazy things that will come into your mind about what, it, what, what could be in there, what could happen. Yeah. And yeah. all these bad things will come in and then you turn on the lights and it's a banana. Or whatever, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just picture um, I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here, where you're putting your hand in those exactly, exactly. exactly. Did you ever see? There was one I was about saw. It was a potato or something, and people are yeah. so frightened because it's so, oh, what it yeah. could, what it could be, what it but, could be, what yeah. it could be. But that's the same about what could happen if I try and do this new thing. Oh, I might fail. People will laugh at me. I'll be a laughing stock. I won't be. I'll never be able to leave my house again i won't be the lads in the pub will hear about it 
Yeah. And more than yeah. likely what's what's going to happen is if you decide to do something new, yeah, there's, there'll be a small percentage of people who might go, I oh, look at your man trying to do something new there. Oh, he thinks he's great. But he's yeah. only, uh, that's only his own, his or her own insecurities yeah. uh, reflecting the situation on the other person. Whereas yeah. if then, if they, if the new person goes and achieves something, then they're jealous of them. Oh, I wish, I wish I'd done that. Like, yeah, <laughs> there was an interesting study. I, I, I apologize to the authors. I can't think of their, I can't think of who it was, but they basically got, um, they got someone to, to wear, like they asked them, you know, what would you think is, I don't know if I mentioned this on previous episodes. What do you think would be the most embarrassing t-shirt that you could wear going to a party and i think they ended up wearing a t-shirt with a face of barry mandelow on it and so they so they went in anyway and they went in and they mingled with the people in there and they you know they had a drink or whatever this was before pre-covid in the before times and they came out and they were asked you know how many people do you think actually paid any notice or would be able to recall what you had uh, on your t-shirt and they were like oh the vast majority of people and i think it turned out like something like 70 something percent of people actually couldn't recall what was on the t-shirt of the person yeah that's even sad. recall it let alone actually yeah, yeah, yeah. find it you know that that they would mock the person or anything like that just even recall who what it was or or you know describe it i think i think i'm right is that called the spotlight effect I think well I suppose yeah in cognitive psychology it would that would relate to I would relate to the spotlight something like, effect yeah like it's it's like when it's like you have if you have a if you have a spot or a zit on your nose that you're all oh people are you're you're going to you're wondering about oh people are looking at me and do they think it's yeah like, so the focus is on the focus is on you but it never is people, yeah people, yeah like people are far too worried about themselves to be worrying about you like they're far yeah. too they're far too selfish and p- to be about their own t- worrying about their own spots to be worrying about yeah, their if, ones. Yeah, like. that's that's it. And if you look at the, I know it's kind of we're talking about it more, I suppose, in terms of your your perception of how how um attention is is on you or reflected on you. But um, if you look at just just generally speaking, how unreliable eyewitness testimonies are, you know, and and how certain biases and 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 you know that sort of thing actually affects uh, yeah. how we recall things in the um, first place, you know? Yeah. Like the selective attention test is, yeah. is amazing. That was, Oh my, yeah. Yeah. Like, um, so for anyone that, uh, Ooh, how do I do this without giving it away? Okay. So for anyone that has not heard of the selection, s- selective attention test, pause this now and Google it and watch it and then for the people that have seen it uh did you see the gorilla <laughs> <laughs> so if, if you haven't paused uh, it, <laughs> i might have ruined it but that's um, like telling someone that the the ship sinks at the end of titanic kind of yeah, yeah, yeah you've ruined it then <laughs> <laughs> well hopefully they paused it um, <laughs> i was trying to not give it away but uh it's hard yeah um but yeah, we'll only, and it's, that's because we're goal, it, I learned this in consumers, we're very goal-directed beings. So if you think of all the stuff that we're trying to achieve in our, like, in our day, if you look at them as goals, like, 
I'm hungry, I need to eat food. Oh, I need to get my work done. I, need, I wanna go for a run. Or all the stuff that you wanna do, all your desires, if you look at them as goals that, that are goals that need, that want to be achieved. Yeah. But some goals will, some goals will take precedent over others. And what can happen in some, in some um, instances is that if you're really, really focused on one specific goal is that you'll almost be blind to everything else. It's like, if you're really, really hungry, that's all you're gonna think about. So yeah. that's the, to explain the selective attention test, like what you're, I'll explain it now, and I know I've probably ruined it, but, so you're, so you're asked to, um, there's people dressed in white and people dressed in black, and you're asked, they're all passing, I think it's basketballs around, and you're asked to, um, count the number of passes between the white team and you and you throw the and they're throwing the ball around so you're looking at going one two three four five and in the middle a person in a gorilla suit dressed in black comes out and goes yeah and and walks off and it's like a very high percentage i don't know what it is it's like 70 percent. i don't know if it's that's the number just don't see it don't see that gorilla because they're they're focused on the white because that's the goal directed behavior yeah yeah really really interesting and what's even more interesting is that the authors then went to know what we'll do for people that know it they 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 made other changes yeah like they changed the background or something or did you notice this and you're like oh hang on a second so you think you know what's coming and then they change it again really really interesting do you, there's a there's a psychologist actually is his name Richard Wiseman I've heard of Richard Wiseman definitely yeah, yeah but he does this really interesting um um kind of experiment you can see it on YouTube and he calls it the the amazing color changing card trick or something like that mm. now again pause if you don't want us to reveal anything at this stage and go watch it so you pause this now but the idea is that um it's kind of it's this idea of of um you know distraction so you're you're looking at you're trying to figure out how he's doing the magic trick and, and changing the color of the cards or or whatever it is but while he's doing that through kind of camera sleight of hand and whatever is that at one stage he changes the clothes he's wearing the color of the clothes he's wearing he changes the um the table mat color he changes um him and his assistant change the the color of the backdrop behind them all while you're concentrating on the card trick that mm. sleight of hand and again it catches so many people out when you look back over these three four five things that change um all the time you're not noticing them because you're focusing on the cards yeah so that's again it's that goal but yeah, it shows how blind we really are, like, and how yeah. our, how how we're um, influenced by our perception of the world, rather yeah. than what's actually happening. It's like yeah. we, I think we, we we spoke we spoke before about um, people's perceptions of whether what car they're traveling was what what speed the car was traveling on it, traveling yeah. at when yeah. it hit, smashed, bashed, yeah, and all different yeah. people's different perceptions, yeah, yeah. Um, 
and eyewitness testimony we talked about before mm. like ask anybody oh what happened that night and they're like oh well this and well that and it's all yeah. different and it's like and of course you know certain discriminative stimuli or certain kind of environmental factors then whether verbal or non-verbal can influence your uh, your um recall so you um yeah. you have someone say you know a number of people are after witnessing an event and someone says did you notice how they had a very oddly shaped nose then all of a sudden you're you're kind of looking you're starting to describe someone and starting to draw them with an oddly shaped nose and you mm. don't may not even recall why you're doing that and it has nothing to do with how the person looked it's that you know there's this kind of distortion this event that happened that kind of affected your the validity of your response mm. well isn't it something like when you remember something <clears throat> you're not remembering the actual experience you're remembering the memory of the experience so your memories are, are malleable like that your memories change so if right. you ask if you ask, i think this is right now if, if you ask somebody what happened about it at the party last week and then they'll tell you something and then they'll discuss it with somebody else but then if you ask somebody a month later oh what happened at that party their memory they're remembering the last time they remembered it or they're they're more they're reimagining reimagining it rather than remembering it if that makes sense okay, okay so it's yeah. like in their memory in their description of the memory you might find that there's information that somebody else told them happened but in mm. their reimagining of the situation it happened just shows yeah. how um, unreliable yeah well I mean Our that's memories the thing. are there's, like long term yeah there's a number of like contextual or kind of environmental cues that will that will kind of it have an effect on how we respond so mm. whether that's whether that's verbal whether that's you know um, some kind of the, the difference in how how the, the what would you say kind of the luminance or the luminosity of the of a room or mm. whether it's kind of other uh, verbal stimuli or conversations that have got that have occurred between your recollection or your you know and 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 the actual event all the all these things are part of your prior experiences all these are part of your your history of 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 reinforcement so it it, it is going to af affect the way that you respond when you when, when you recall a situation Absolutely. and depending what emotional state you were in at the time of the specific situation and depending on your emotional state when you're remembering it like if you're in a bad mood and you're thinking about something bad that happened it's going to be really bad your memory of it is going to be it's not going to be pleasant yeah. but if you're in a really good mood and somebody reminds you of a thing that happened you go ah it wasn't as it wasn't that bad because you're in, <laughs> you, you, your emotional state you're in a positive emotional state at that specific time i think what um if you look at token economies and go back to the kind of goal focused mm. um what we were talking about with, with goal focus if you look at kind of token economies what what's what's in what's really useful is if you take something like a a, a coffee card where you kind of 
you you get a stamp sure every your loyalty time you card buy your coffee. Yeah, yeah. yeah loyalty card and then after say eight of them or whatever you get a free one well there's kind of there's there's two types of reinforcer or kind of reward happening there you know firstly you're getting a stamp and every time you get a stamp you're getting closer and closer to actually getting the the reinforcer that you're looking for and to have that visible to have that kind of you know oh i have four stamps now i have five stamps that's also powerful in and of itself and that can be that that can lead to your your kind of responding kind of continuing do you know mm, what i mean so absolutely i think it's if you can if you can make if you can make kind of reinforcement visual like that you you're it's all about trying to increase the the potency of that of that kind of consequence and and people may forget that every time you get that stamp and it's, you're getting closer and closer to actually getting the thing that you want, whether that's a coffee or whatever, <clears throat> that journey towards getting that kind of continues to motivate you or continues that kind of, that, um, <clears throat> that kind of schedule of, 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 of responding. Um, so to, whereas if you didn't have it visual, and that's why um, I kind of wonder about, there, there, there's nothing stopping a coffee shop from, just saying, okay, you now have, you're now five eighths of the way towards your goal or six eighths of the way towards your goal. Mm. But there's something different between that someone saying that to you and even opening up an, an app, like whenever, even with the virtual, you know, with, with the apps to get your coffee card, you see the physical stamp on the card on your screen. Mm. And it, you know, that kind of the, making it so visual, making it so, relatable so transparent um has a has a an important effect on the likelihood that you will keep going towards it makes it more visible it's more there for you so i think from a business perspective having that kind of visual component is 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 helpful whether it's business or whether it's your own personal life is there a way that you can visualize your journey towards something like oh you know, on an on an app or whatever, I have lost another pound. I am closer now. I I can visual. I can see it. Strava are see. brilliant at that. Are you familiar you? with Strava? No. So Strava is. I've been running a lot recently. Um, mm. I'm really getting. I've. I've loved to talk about this. So I've been, I've been <laughs> building habits of running. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in August, so. I, uh, I ran 35 kilometers last week and I've run, wow. yeah, I run five, ran five times last week and I've run the last six days in a row and I'm trying to run five, <laughs> I'm trying to run five kilometers every morning at the moment and it's going well so far. I've done the last six days. Wow. Now. That's brilliant. Um, and I feel great, but Strava have loads and loads of that. They know exactly what they're doing. So they have like, uh, it's for anyone not familiar with the app, you have something similar to kind of a Facebook or Instagram feed and you run and it tracks your run on GPS, your run or cycle or sailing or whatever it is. There's loads of different exercise stuff that you can do. And it tracks it. And then you see you've got a feed that shows everybody else's activity and then people can like it or they give you kudos. Mm. So you can see but it, but as you said, it also shows your progress. It, it shows how many, how much you've run this week. It shows you how many mm. calories you've burnt. It shows you how much, how, how long it took you. It shows, it gives you, 
if it's a personal best. Here, let me get some uh, inspiration here from it. Um, but what's really the smartest thing about it, which I've noticed, is do you remember we were talking before about your status within a social group? Social status, your yeah. Social yeah. status within a group. Well, what it does is it, one of one of its triggers to try and make you subscribe. So it's a fr- it's it's got a free. I'm on I'm I'm only on the free version, but you can subscribe and pay. Nine ninety nine a month, and it gives you much, much. It gives you more details on your training, but one of the triggers it shows you, it's it shows you. Let's say it the um, it shows you your your rank within other people in your area mm. of of specific routes that you've run. So it shows. So they kind of put you at a percent, a particular percentile, or whatever. No, it tells you. Oh, yeah, exactly. It puts you yeah. at a percentile, but you yeah. don't know what it is unless you subscribe. Okay. okay. So it's remember, like, because I really want to know, like, so at the moment, uh, my bet, my my record for running five k is twenty one minutes and something, and well. and twenty. But okay, but also. I'm like ten stone, and I I weigh nothing, and I'm I, I and I've been cycling. I've been living in, in uh, the Netherlands for five years, and I cycle everywhere. So I was kind of fit anyway. Yeah, I so, wouldn't even get to those numbers if I was con- continuously running downhill. <laughs> <laughs> That's yes. what I might try to so do. So kind of run downhill. Apparently, my, my buddy who 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 is a runs a lot. He's like, yeah, like you've got like the kind of natural runner's body anyway. Yeah. So and I was quite kind of reasonably fit anyway. But, um, and I've lost my train of thought now. So you were talking about the triggers. Yeah. So it shows you what your rank is within yeah. other people in your area, or other people that have run certain segments or certain. Uh, oh, from here, from this position, from here to here, or and it and it shows you. It's you no. Know, what it does, it shows you the top ten. And then it shows you where you are, but it doesn't show you. It shows you that you could know where you are. And, okay. now, and, and I'm like, I really want you really want to know how, how good you are against Kind of feeding off else. your curiosity to exactly. know exactly how exactly. well you're doing. Yeah. But that's, yeah. the, that's using that thing we talked about before, your social stage within the group. Yeah. Because you want to increase your social stage with everybody else. So you want to know where you rank yeah. against everybody I, else. Th- that's really interesting, but... I, I was just thinking about, um, I, I remember hearing something that, I don't know if you're familiar with Matthew Pinson, to, uh, just, him with Steve Redgrave, he would have won like he was four, a rower, was he? Yeah, four gold medals or something. And yeah. I heard him recently talking about how um, you have to focus on the process in sport rather than necessarily the goal. Like the goal might be to win or whatever, but you need to get your process right. If you can focus on your process. Same in business, uh, yeah. Yeah, then the other things uh, are likely to follow. So should, like, there there needs to be a focus then on creating goals or kind of reinforcing the process rather than focusing too much on the reinforcement of the goal. Because if you don't get the process right, then you're not you're much less likely to achieve the goal. So focusing on ways to reinforce or reward good process or, or kind of good 
whether it's um, reactions or positioning or movement or or whatever, how do we reinforce them uh, in a way that moves the kind of the focus on getting the process right over the goal? So mm. how do we create greater value in the in kind of the achievement of the pro of good process or good? Well, I tell you what, you're you're dead right because I was talking to this and I've got a lot of tips from my buddy who's probably listening. Hello, Glenn. Um, stretching. So I, I have a process that I go by every morning now. Mm. This is kind of get building habits. Remember I was talking about habit stacking before? Yeah. I, I, I went back and I read that book. I listened to that book again. It's called <gasps> Atomic Habits by... I can't remember the author's name. Um, it's all about audiobooks these days, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> And what I actually did, because when I started the running, I used to, I, I couldn't run every day first because my legs were too sore. Uh, but I'd cycle in the morning then instead, and, I, and I'd listen to a book or something when I was cycling instead. So I was listening to that book, Atomic, Atomic Habits. So I've started to really get my morning routine uh, very structured. So I wake up, I try and get up at half seven, or seven or half seven, then I have a tiny bit of smoothie, which I've already made, that I have in the fridge, just to get something in. Then I have a cup of coffee, kind of wake up a little bit, stretch, do the same stretching routine, and then do a run, whether it's 5K or 7K or something. And then I make sure I do a similar route, and I kind of speed up and slow down in the same spot, and I mm. listen to the same music mm. and i kick i get i kick faster with the music interesting okay and i and i one thing my my buddy was saying breathing is really important so you just and i found we went for a run together last week and i found it more difficult because i didn't have the music in my ears when you're really struggling okay. i, I when yeah. i really struggle and you can feel yourself that you want to stop but you just focus on the just focus on the music and sometimes then I'd focus on something on the ground 15 meters ahead and just focus on that and then focus on something else and something else and okay. then you find yourself actually speeding up your pace will increase because you, you kind of get into a um, you kind of get into a flow that's not, not the right word but you get into a you get into a rhythm yeah. and then it's the and the things that you like you you because sometimes you just want to stop and you're like oh I can't I, <laughs> I can't run yeah. anymore. But then the more you do it, the easier it gets. So do you think then that the kind of the the goal and the fact that you're achieving particular outcomes that make you kind of happy or fulfilled or content and you see gains happening? Do you feel that that reinforces your focus on the on the process? from morning to when you run absolutely then. yeah yeah absolutely and i've done it the last like my goal is to my i i have it i have a goal in mind that i want to hit and that's to run 5k under 20 minutes wow <clears throat> uh, so i have a minute and 17 seconds or something to knock off my current best time um and i i don't i don't have it to to I really should put a time I, that should really be before Christmas or whenever but I haven't yeah, yeah, done that yet yeah. but we'll see I'll let you know 
<laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, because I, I kind of I've I've thought about that, and I know it was interesting listening to him. He's like he was talking about sports psychologists and how they kind of mm. help him to focus on the process instead of the goal. Because you could imagine how distracting the goal would be. It's like, oh, I really really want to win. Well, you're not going to win unless you have your your process down to a T. Uh, you have that kind of your um your focus is on doing those bits correctly mm. and let the goal emerge from that. And then, you know, and then if the goal doesn't emerge, then to start to look at those kind of small little, though, um, you know, executing those small little movements or whatever and trying to make them more precise or whatever. Um, uh, but is, is there something that behavioral scientists can do to actually increase the value of those process processes in, in rather than leaving it all to be reinforced by the outcome as to whether you achieve a goal or not because sometimes you will get your process spot on and you won't win mm. or you won't make gains so what what is how do we keep people persisting whether it's in terms of sport whether it's in terms of of um exercise whether it's in terms of fitness whatever it is how do we keep people kind of persisting and 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 um and and keep that focus on 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 progressing you know and well from a personal perspective i can i i can say that what's helped me what's kept me doing it is how i feel afterwards i don't yeah. necessarily actually enjoy the running that much oh the more mm. you do it the more you enjoy it because it doesn't hurt your body as much yeah like my legs aren't sore anymore and my my chest doesn't hurt and my sides don't hurt un unless i'm actually going like trying to get a fast time or whatever do you think but it's how avoidance I... part oh absolutely like, I mean, you, absolutely it, you you people, know people, like oh if yeah people if don't, i don't people... run for a certain amount of time i'm going to have more aches and pains next time i do it well it's it's more that people are like oh if i have to go for a run now oh, i'm really not going to enjoy it and it's going to be painful and I'm going to be panting and it's not going to be fun and but um and I felt this only in the last two months now only in the last yeah. two months like I feel way better yeah I feel way better um I'm going to bed earlier because I'm like oh no I want to get up because I want I, like my gut like in my calendar I have eight o'clock till half nine is exercise shower eat breakfast and i that's what i try yeah. and stick to yeah um and you're going to feel better for for, for sticking to your routine for doing it I yeah suppose, absolutely but but, but yeah. and, and like I, I did it for loads of reasons obviously um with the pandemic i want to be as healthy as possible to try and negate any uh or mitigate any risk for getting the virus or whatever i, mm. I and the healthier you are, that's in my head anyway. I don't know if it's actually. Yeah, having a good like a good immune system or yeah. or whatever. Yeah, that's one thing. But another thing is, I've always found it difficult in the mornings, just in general, whatever way I, mm. um, whatever way my, my body is set up, I always found it really groggy and stuff in the mornings, and I found it hard to get going. And this like just blows that out of the water, like. Wow. Yeah. And I think about I I often. And I've chickened out a few times and I thought about you and I thought about you talking about the hot and cold states. Oh, yes. Well, like, yeah. yeah. And, it affects everyone. Yeah. And I've done it and I did it last week 
and I was really annoyed at myself. I missed two days last week. I missed Wednesday and Thursday last week. And the first one was Wednesday, and I was like, ah, oh, no, it's okay to take a day off. And it's fine. Of course it's fine to take yeah, a day off. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, but yeah. The next day, it was pissing rain. And I was like, ah, oh, no, I'm not going out in the rain. And then I was like, later that day, I was really annoyed at myself. And then I went to the shop, and it was raining. And I was in my coat, and I was roasting. <laughs> I was like oh it's going to be all cold and wet and then yeah. I, I went out the next day when it was rain and it was lovely it was even, it was nicer than running usually because it was the rain, yeah. the, rain the rain was like keeping you nice and cool. yeah yeah so so I think about that in the morning and yeah I, I get up and I go oh I don't really feel like it but now I've got the habit that I get up and I put on shorts Mm. And running thing, and I get my the, the, sh- the socks, and I get my running shoes, and I kind of when I'm still kind of like, Ugh, and I've got coffee, so I'm all, yeah. I, I'm in the habit of getting yeah. dressed to yeah. to run in the morning, and then I go, oh, I really don't feel like this, and, yeah. And I tell you, you're a kilometer in, and you're like, oh, amazing, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, kilometer yeah. in, and it's like, oh, deadly amazing, this is cool, yeah. And then you're finished like, in 25 minutes. And then you have a shower yeah. and you're, then you have it because you've exercised, then you have a big breakfast because you've already yeah. exercised and you're hungry. And then it's yeah. like nine o'clock or quarter past nine or whatever. You're wide awake and ready to work. Like, I'm one of those people that like, can eat anything and I never put on weight. So I'm one of those yeah. terrible people that everybody hates. I think it's an ecto, ectomorph body, yeah. body type. So like, like even, yeah. even, even if I didn't exercise, it's not like I'd be putting on loads of pounds. It's it's more yeah. it, it's like I I I do it more for mental health than physical health. Yeah. The, the, the exercise because yeah. they're it's definitely they're definitely connected. Yeah. Like makes, I know with me that if if I say if I've been like as I would kind of you know kind of do intermittent fasting and I find that kind of the longer you know the longer I leave it since I've 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 eaten. The, the more I'd be willing to do in order to get food. Mm. So it's like, you know what I mean? Because the food now really means a lot to me. I'm willing to put in the effort to get access to the food. So it's like, because I've deprived myself of food for, you know, so many hours or whatever, I'm, I'm, I'm not full. I'm, I'm not satiated and I'm, I'm really looking forward to food. So if I have to do certain things in order to get my food, like if I have to go out to the shop and get the food or whatever, I'm willing to do that because it's been so long since I've eaten. I'm quite hungry. Mm. And I find when I go to the gym or whatever is that it kind of increases the the potency of food. Like I feel hungrier. So I'm much more likely to overcome or, or do certain things in order to achieve that outcome than if I uh, than if I hadn't, for example, because I wouldn't have maybe I wouldn't be as hungry in the first place. I wouldn't be in that state of deprivation or mm. of deprivation. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, but it's interesting, that whole thing, because I can kind of relate to it, you know, with the, like, going to the gym or whatever. It's like, you do feel, you feel, I don't know what, it's kind of weird. Like, I, I'll, I'll make sure I'll reward myself. Like, if I go to the gym, I'll reward myself with my favorite type of filtered coffee or whatever when I come home. And I just sit down then and I just, I just enjoy it. So I enjoy it more. It's like, I feel like I've worked hard to achieve this outcome. Well, I, I, you know I, I, mean? I, I really like that. Um, and I, I use that kind of reward system, rewarding yourself for good behavior, kind of uh, positive, 
positively reinforcing yourself yeah. for doing work. Yeah. You'd spoke about this before, like, oh, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll do, I'll watch an, or for an example, I watch an episode of, if if I if I correct thirty test papers, then I can watch an episode yeah. of Game of Thrones or whatever. I kind of do yeah. that when I'm working. I go, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna write this paragraph or whatever I'm working on. I'm gonna write this email for a client and then I'm going to play the guitar for half an hour mm. when I'm finished doing that. Yeah. Um, I find that, nice. that really yeah. helps. But going back to the sports, <clears throat> before I, um, before I decided to study economic and consumer psychology for my master's, I had uh, seriously considered doing a master's in sports psychology. Because I okay. really found that really interesting, um, and especially from the golf perspective, there's a guy called Bob Rotella, I think his name is, and he's a golf psychologist, and I know we I think we speak before about Paul Carrington, um, mm. and all about visualization, like how they visualize the shot, like they can see the shot, like Tiger can see the shot he's going to play before he plays it. And then it's all the muscle memory comes in of all the practice they've done. But without that visualization in the first place, they're, they're not going to have the confidence, give themselves, they won't have the confidence themselves to execute the shot. Mm. And <clears throat> I have a lovely little story that I'm going to tell now. Um, so this, ha this happened about a month ago. Um, and... So I play golf myself and about a month and a half ago, uh, it was really, really nice weather here in the Netherlands and I have a driving range. Not I have a driving range. There is a driving range. My own driving range. There is a driving range that is there's a, uh, a golf course and driving range in part three, which is about a 25 minute cycle from my house, from my apartment. Um, and um, you have to cross. So I put my clubs on my back and mm -hmm. I take half a bag of clubs because it's not, not that heavy. And I cycle there and then I go and play a game of golf. And, uh, but there is a ferry that you have to take at the top of my road. There's ferries in, in Amsterdam and all over the Netherlands as in they're like public transport. They're free just to get you across the river. Uh, they're passengers and bicycles. But as you would imagine, now you have to wear a face mask on the, yeah. like it's, it's mandatory. And so I already had my face, because I, I had my clubs on my back and I had my, it was lovely weather, sunglasses, I had my sunglasses on, face mask covering me. And mm -hmm. as, as seems to be over here, uh, everyone, 99% like of people are compliant. Uh, wearing face masks especially well they have to on public transport but they only really do it like right before they get on and they take it off when they get off the ferry or the, the bus or the train or whatever mm. but because I had my clubs on my back I already had mine on when I was cycling from my apartment to the ferry right okay so I cycle down I've got my clothes on my back and I'm ready to go and I'm in the queue 
I bring a bit more psychology into this. So there's also these lovely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have to somehow, like otherwise, just tell the story. <laughs> so they they have these. Uh, I spoke about nudging before and little uh, yeah. nudges to get people to to take certain actions. So they have really really clever nudges uh, to help people cue uh, socially socially distant queuing. So they have mm-hmm. a heart on the ground ah. that are all. 1.5 meters apart and in the middle of the heart there's two footprints yeah which inc- so increases the chance that people will stay stand on, on, stand on, on yeah. the thing so i thought it was really clever because the heart around the thing is like right we care like, you have is, to care yeah. about other people it's a really smart nudge i have to bring i said to bring in psychology somehow and there you go so there it is and um, so there i am there's about let's say there's about 25 people queuing ahead of me i'm there uh, with my on my bike with my clubs around me with my big face mask and my big black sunglasses yeah but nobody else is yet is wearing a face mask right and then there's a guy ahead of me about four that's so funny there's a guy about four people ahead of me and he kind of looks around and he just I just I don't know how I noticed him but I just noticed him and he kind of looked at me and I could see he looked directly at me and he kind of smirked, kind of went, ah. <laughs> and I look at your mom, look at your mom, yeah, yeah. look at your mom in his mask. So <laughs> I think, and so I've thought a lot about this and I've thought a lot about yeah. this situation and I'm specifically because I want to tell this story on the podcast. Yeah, of course. And um, I, I believe he was a tourist because, mm-hmm. and the reason I say that is because he had a, a t-shirt on and it said Amsterdam on the back. So I'm like, well, how many people that live in Amsterdam? How many people yeah. live in Amsterdam? So I think he was a tourist. So, so then, as, uh, so then the ferry comes. Oh no! So what happened next? So then, yeah. So he's looking at me and kind of smirking and laughing at me, and I'm looking at your man, and I'm going, oh, and I was like, oh yeah, you're laughing because you're laughing because I'm wearing a mask, aren't you? And this is wait till you see. Now you're going to have to get on this ferry. And I was thinking to myself, I bet you. And I was dead. I, I, I was like, I bet you this lad. Um, I bet you this lad is, it won't get on the ferry because he doesn't have a mask. And anyway. And then next. So your man's kind of looking around and nobody else is wearing a mask. And there's no one at the, at the time. There was nobody, no security guard there stopping people. And then the ferry comes along and everybody on the ferry is wearing a mask and then suddenly the security guard turns up again so the ferry is arriving and i can just see your man's kind of face his kind of changes a little bit he's like yeah hmm and he's kind of looking around and i i i I can i i'm not a mind reader obviously but i i could literally see his mind going oh maybe i'm sure i'll get away with it though so this is again going back to people will try and get away with anything if you let them. They'll cheat if they can, if they, if they think mm. they can get away with it. And so then, so the ferry arrives and the thing comes down and people start coming off the ferry and all taking off their masks. And I can, I'm, I'm watching your man like a hawk at this stage. I, want, <laughs> I, I don't want to miss anything. And then, oh yeah, before that, the security, and when I say security guard, he's like, he's like 20. Like he's not a security yeah. guard; he's just some kid, yeah. and he's obviously got his face mask on, and 
people are leaving the ferry and then everybody else in the queue kind of just goes into their pocket, puts on their, their, their face yeah, mask. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, wa- yeah. I'm watching this guy like a hawk kind of going, oh, what's going to happen? And he gets to, so we're, and we all start, so the ferry, people get off the ferry and then everyone starts getting on the ferry and then he's no mask and he tries to walk on and your man goes, the secure, I said security guard, the, the kid, Goes, yeah. Oh no, sorry. And then, uh, and then I'm kind of, I'm laughing under my face mask. So it's going, just your going, head going oh. up and down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he's like, uh, "Oh no!" And he's like, "No." The guy's like, "No, you have to wear a face mask." And then he goes, "Oh yeah, sorry." And then he goes into his bag, and I went, "Oh, look, he does have one. He must have one in his bag. Maybe he was. Maybe I was wrong." Yeah. And then, it's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. So then your man goes, oh yeah. So he's in this. He's rooting in his bag for about, and he's delaying the ferry. Everybody is on the ferry at this stage, mm. and he's delaying everybody. And he's out of his bag. He he kind of presents the guy with a towel. <laughs> he just kind of oh, just, he just no. kind of goes, huh? Do you want a, t- a t- towel? And the guy, the kid, is like, no, 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 face mask. He's like Mondecapa or whatever it's called in Dutch. Yeah. So your man is delaying everybody at this stage, and he's like, "No, no, you can't." And he, and he starts and he starts kind of, you can see. And I stayed at the back of the ferry because I could kind of hear what was, or could see at least what was going on. He's like, "No, no, you can't get on the ferry." And then yeah. some kind local goes here. Look, he had a spare disposable one, mm. and he gives it to your man. He goes, "Oh yeah, thanks." He gets on the ferry. So your man gets on the ferry. Mask in hand. Oh no. And I and I'm like I was like, put on your mask, put on the mask. It's he's like tank sticks it in his back pocket. And it was like ah, it's driving me insane. Well, what's and the then, mask and then, gonna do in his pocket? Well, exactly. And then your man is like, put it on. And he's like, Oh sorry, yeah. And then eventually Oh my god. So like people will try and get away with yeah. all sorts. But it was oh. it was a, it was a very very funny, especially when he presented him with the towel. He was like, "Huh, towel?" <laughs> and he was like, "No, no, no. face." <laughs> Trying to look look at look at his face to see towel. Okay. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> well, but it does it does bring it back like if bringing it back to psychology is that we do now. I don't know what that person's case was, but we do have to start to treat the carrying of masks as important as our phone and yeah, our sure. keys and our wallet or our handbag or whatever we have to start looking at these things as important so it does kind of it does kind of move on to you know say thinking about how do we do that how do we make it as mm. valuable as you like is it just a case whereby like do we um create a, a pre-current behavior so for example do we have an alarm um you know every morning reminding us to do it i know facebook and uh, i think facebook have a little um alert uh, that appears when you're on facebook to remind you to do it do we place it in the same place as we place our keys how do we make it valuable now it will naturally get valuable when in the case of this guy you miss out on taking a ferry because you don't have a mask mm. what if that good samaritan didn't have a, a spare one for them like, is it a, you know, would yeah, they have missed the ferry and missed an important meeting, which makes it more valuable the next time to yeah, actually have yeah. on with you? And then it can certainly, like, 
as you say, especially the people with the spare ones, because that that could mitigate some sort of could mitigate violence in some in in, in some because you know if oh you can't do that and you hear about all these kind of bad you hear about like bad stories in the news about people refusing to wear them and then getting yeah aggressive or violent or like it's like yeah i i don't understand i haven't looked into it i haven't looked into the psychology behind it but i don't i know we talked about the public goods game and it's there are, i think that might be part of it that people will punish people who are complying i think there's a small percentage yeah. of people that are well, like, i mean the, 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 the people that will they're the kind of people that will they don't care if they lose as long as you lose. Yeah. There's there's small I, I percentage guess of people. I, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. They don't care. But like, like, as yeah. long as, as I long mean, as, wait. Go on. Sorry. Go on. You go, no, you go ahead. Like, yeah, it's like p- part of those. Uh, there's four. I think there's th- four different. When they're talking about the public goods games, there's four different type of characters of people, and mm. it's like ultra altruistic people who will no matter what they'll help you they'll help other people yeah. even at the detriment to themselves yeah then there's people that will help people but only if it's uh if it'll benefit them as well mm. and then there's people who won't help anyone but they won't help anyone and then there's other people that won't will purposely not purposely try and derail other people even if it even if it means they have a bad time as well yeah yeah now, i don't think i don't think i quite that got that right but I, I i must look that up actually now and get that more so detail that last for the next group time. is essentially what um Michael Caine so, says there's just some people who want to watch the world burn exactly exactly <laughs> Batman. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but I know, like, I suppose, like, if we talked in previous episode, I think about kind of maybe echo chambers and the, you know, on certain kind of certain social media or or groups of people that are very maybe focused on on one viewpoint and are maybe not open to alternative viewpoints. But if you are influenced by a lot of people who. Um, believe that mask wearing doesn't have an effect in terms of you know uh, spread of the disease or whatever then if you're kind of modeling your own behavior on the behavior of other people that you respect then there's going to be people that will not wear it because they believe that it you know they they believe what others say about it not having a, Mm. a positive impact on the spread of the disease so again you are going to be in terms of social status within that particular in-group, you are going to be maybe ostracized or whatever if you if you go against the group that you see yourself as part of, and maybe that maybe that also has an influence on on um, some people's refusal to wear wear masks. Well, I saw the most ridiculous thing on social media the other day, which was a company, someone. Uh, talking about a face mask that they bought and it's like oh it's amazing because you can comply but you can still breathe really easily and it's a mesh face mask 
So right. it, it doesn't block. It's it got, it's not it just got holes in it. But oh. it looks like you're wearing a face mask. So you're right. so you're comply so you're compliant. But yeah. what's the point? So it's funny, yeah. It's, so what's really interesting about that is like it's not a so they obviously don't they believe some conspiracy theory that the virus isn't going to isn't dangerous but it's some it's something about impinging their freedom to breathe i don't know if it's impinging their freedom to breathe properly yeah like i mean i mean i'm there are there are kind of um viewpoints that that breathing is somewhat restricted by masks and that's why i think it's important you did have in ireland you did have this um gp who um or a medical doctor anyway who who came out and um put on measured uh was it his oxygen level or vo mm. level or something like that and he put on the first mask and his vo was no different to when he had no masks on then he put on two masks uh, at the same time then he put on three then he put on four then he put on five and his oxygen levels were not going down they were saying staying stable at 99 percent so i think you know people like that coming out and show and actually showing you firsthand on camera look at look look at my readings here and look at the amount of masks I'm wearing and it's not changing now I know there may be some people that will still say oh the readings were not real or or whatever but I don't know how you how you overcome that problem well I'm very cynical John as you know um so I I I I think it's very hard to change people's minds if they have an opinion on something a lot a lot of people will will no matter and I'm not just talking about masks or or the effectiveness of yeah. masks or whether they reduce transmission or I'm just talking in, in general if people have a, an opinion on something yeah like it's like arguing pe with people on the internet you're not going to change their mind like they're not going to go actually that thing you just said completely I completely flipped and now I agree yeah, with you I'm going to put on my, I'm going to do this like how often does it happen and I try and think about this with my own opinions as well. That's yeah, why I try course, and yeah. listen to people and go, do you know what? Actually, you're right. Not that I yeah. do it very often, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I kind of just proved like, my point there. <laughs> unfortunately, when it comes to something like the virus, and this this is this is one of the this is one of the the uh, it, it's a pity, but. <clears throat> that it really it, it might only start to hit home that the virus is real when it affects you sure or it affects the you know the the person that that maybe believed that it was a hoax or whatever it starts to affect their family and you don't want it to get to that stage mm. and you know it, it are but are there ways kind of preceding that that you you can actually show or demonstrate or whatever that it is and it's so hard to think of because you know people can explain away a lot of things whether they explain it away in a rational way or otherwise this, people can explain a lot of things away yeah so. the post post rationalization we spoke about before it's like yeah. oh yeah well i didn't wear it because and ah uh, there wasn't that many people around and i just thought it would be fine i was like whatever mm. yeah i don't know like we'll but see, like, I mean, 
Sorry, God. we'll see now. Yeah. Um, today is the 9th of September. September, yeah. So this may not be released for, I don't know, I mean, it may not be live um, that soon, but um, the wet pubs in Ireland are due to open on the, is that, am I right? 21st. Yeah. yeah. That'll be interesting. Um, I, 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 th I don't know. I, I think the irresponsible people might outweigh the responsible people. You think so? Yeah, I, 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 I've been niggling. Like, I hope, I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm yeah. wrong. But, like, the boozers are open. Let's go on the lash. Like, you can just, like, it's, I can, and I can understand why. <coughs> the government yeah. decided to keep them closed for so long and some people are saying oh yeah. there's draconian laws that like the longest in europe but there's a different relationship with culturally with alcohol in the country than other places in europe and mm. i think i don't know but it's that this is only my opinion so like geez i could be wrong everyone's got an opinion you know i've always felt that the um <clears throat> the younger generation coming through now have a a healthier relationship with alcohol compared to when I was younger. <clears throat> now, again, this could be just, you know, this this mightn't be, this isn't based or evidenced in any in any opinion. But I just, I, I think that the kind of the there's more of a healthy movement among among younger people sure. like the where and and I do I, there's still always you know there are going to be kind of a a, a certain cohort that would be heavy drinkers and, and would kind of book the trend. But I've just noticed from from my younger students coming through that they seem to have a quite a healthy relationship. But I could be wrong. Maybe it's just me trying to notice things that I want to notice. But yeah, um, that's your thing as well. Yeah, the confirmation. Yeah, it's like, oh, look, yeah, there, yeah. <laughs> look, I told you. I told you I was right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an interesting exactly. one, though. How, how do you, and I don't know the answer, like, how, how do you try and combat um, confirmation bias. So confirmation bias is is if if you have an opinion about something, and then you find information that confirms that, you're like, yeah, look, I told you. While disregarding uh, a conflicting information, I suppose that's confirmation yeah. bias. How yeah. do you try and combat that? Because I do it myself. I'm like, oh, I'm looking for something. Yeah, there it is. Oh, you, I, I, you, I'd I, say, I knew I was right. <laughs> I'd say everyone, everyone does it to certain degrees, yeah. you know. And I think at times you just have to remind yourself that you know, if even if you look at science, science, like you, you will find maybe isolated papers that may confirm your viewpoint, but you have to dig deeper and really kind of see, like, look at your meta analyses to look at kind of your um, like say effect sizes and, and look at kind of a culmination of papers related to something rather than just one mm. but you're all like if you if you want to confirm your 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 view or whatever it's I, not going to be hard to find it like yeah absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. you know i oh I, I i i went i went for a walk today and i seen i seen no homeless people therefore there's no such thing as homelessness yeah you know, it sounds pretty bizarre to say something well, like well, that. Well, I didn't see. Well, I didn't see any. So there. Yeah, like... you didn't see any. Therefore, it doesn't exist. Or oh, I went. I went out today and it was freezing cold. So much for global warming. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but again, like it, it is, it is something. Now, it's not to say like you could have a viewpoint that would be very well evidenced, uh, and you know, so you're, so it actually it, it confirms something that there seems to be some semblance of truth in. But yeah, yeah. at the same time, you know, I don't know. I think it it. I always come back. I know it's maybe it's a, it's a cop out, but I always come come back to the importance of teaching critical thinking skills at a young age yeah in, absolutely. in primary school or whatever like i mean there's some countries that are better than others that actually teach children to be skeptical and not just I, believe what they see all the time i completely agree yeah like my dad like i have a sister and she's uh going into fifth year so she's 17 i think or 16 you need to know <laughs> <laughs> um, and she'll be 17 in december uh i do know i do know what age she is. um and my dad was saying that yeah especially in these days with kids like lear- learning so much from the internet yeah it's like oh i found this thing on the internet well look good it must be true so my dad was like make sure you have at least three other sources that can confirm ah. it that you can find yeah. confirmatory sources and then see if else if you can find something that criticizes it and looks at it from a different angle and then that's really good that's a really good kind of thing to, to yeah teach a absolutely child. Yeah. because then you can go you're trying to then 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 your mindset is okay i'm gonna read something but i'm not gonna take it as true i'm not gonna take it as gospel i'm gonna wait until yeah. i can find other thing and then i'm gonna write about it but still not well this person says this and this person said this so it could be this and it could be that yeah 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 and, and i think and and then you can go next step and kind of say okay when you're looking at the three other sources just make sure that they aren't blatantly related to the original source yeah. you know so it actually seems to be yeah, from yeah, a different yeah. Part, like there doesn't seem to be a kind of a conflict there absolutely um, and who paid for that's it really good. obviously that was one of your great great advice yeah. you gave i think that was actually in our first lecture was like yeah. talking about research in, in the research like, lecture yeah just talking like, about you know is there a financial uh is there a financial interest here yeah yeah so you think about pharmaceutical the area of pharmaceuticals or you think about um you know where a context whereby people can make a lot of money based on evidence and um, make sure that you're fully aware of uh, of conflicts of interest like that and they're fully disclosed and it doesn't seem to affect the 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 quality of the research that's been you get that in marketing too so mar- a lot of marketing now is all about experimental marketing and trying yeah. to do lots of ap <laughs> tests and all that kind of stuff yeah but you can take if you're especially in, in marketing you can take whatever kind of sample if you're looking for an answer this is trying to confirm your own ego of what you want to happen you can wrangle the data and you can make the data say whatever you want to 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 show your to get your idea across the line and in the same breath and in the same breath if you find an alternative viewpoint the point that contrasts with yours you'll delve deeper to try and find a reason why it's wrong yeah yeah that's it just shows how important like uh hypotheses are at the very start yeah just like testability falsifiability yeah absolutely and the the validity of like your of the data yeah 
Which we're sure with John, we could go on and on and on and on. And but on we could, like, we've done it again. We've just been blabbing on yeah. now for <laughs> over an hour and a half yeah. or thereabouts. But I think we might leave it there, will we, for the day? Yeah, I think so. That sounds good. Yeah, I'm cool. getting hungry now. Yeah, I'm starving. It's two o'clock here. Um, have you any final parting words for our dear listeners? Today. I I don't I, I think actually where we finished up there in terms of the importance of of being skeptical is a good is a good place to finish to absolutely. be honest I mean yeah uh, yeah absolutely relevant no matter who is looking at this to remain yeah, skeptical of what you hear whether it's psychology or it's whether it's, whether you're reading where you whether you read something in the newspaper like it's yeah I, I and think... even be skeptical of us absolutely yeah especially john you no know, yeah i mean i know it's hard and people believe every word i say but please be skeptical of me as well yeah okay that's i think that's a it's a it's a good place to leave it uh, also i have a small announcement to make as well i've made a facebook group and you can very good find that uh on facebook obviously uh, it's called the misbehaviorists it's free you can just uh jump in all uh, the episodes will be in there but it also gives people uh, a platform to ask some questions to add yep. comments to if if you agreed with something we said or if you disagreed or if you think we yep. got we, we got something wrong and i lo- and i really like that as well if 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 we've, yep. if we've got something wrong or are you f- you know something deeper about a specific topic that you can add to so maybe we can kind of build a bit of a community and start getting it going. So it means um, we'll also have some inspiration for yeah. future episodes and it'll give That'd us motivation to keep doing this. You know, you, you can't have us just talk about things that we really want to. You have to give us things that might make us uncomfortable. As well. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it'll, it, it might be nice then. To, it, it means it might put us in a direction where we might yeah. talk about stuff that we don't know so much about so we might do well, some research it, yeah. about it and then we can yeah. see how that goes a learning process for us yeah okay so we'll leave it there cool. um Brilliant. And so i will play us out with this wonderful if i can find it earworm um, yeah wonderful tune thanks everyone bye everyone thanks for listening thanks for, for listening watching.